Hi, I'm Christine Roney. Welcome to the Roney Writes Podcast. The tagline for this podcast is, let me tell you a story, because that's what these recordings are about, stories. I love to write them, and I would love to share them with you. This is Episode 7 of The Perfumer's Stone. We are continuing on in Chapter 11. So let me tell you a story. The Perfumer's Stone by Christine Roney Sarah picked up a thick, heavy book from the pile she carried from Jade's library to her bedside table. It was late, but she couldn't sleep. She inched up a little against the pillows behind her, trying not to wake Jigger, who was curled up at the bottom of the bed. She positioned the book on her lap so she could read. She read several pages of introductory material on the nature of herbs when the book slipped from her grasp as she nodded off. She jerked awake and grabbed the book before it had a chance to slide off the bed. Her quick movements woke Jigger. He jumped off the bed, walked over to the scratch post in the corner, and started scratching at the carpet. Sarah watched him for a moment and then turned her attention back to the book. She noticed a piece of paper sticking out. She opened the book to that page and took out the paper. She put the book on the bed next to her and opened up the folded sheet. It was a scrawled copy of a formula. It seemed familiar. Sarah stared at it until she was able to place it in her mind. The Philosopher's Stone. This time, however, there were some scribbled notes on the side of the paper. I never noticed what bad handwriting Jade had before, Sarah said to Jigger, who had jumped up and reclaimed a spot at the end of the bed. She turned the bedside lamp up and studied the notes. She saw a word that looked familiar. She was pretty sure it was the name of a plant she had seen in one of the books. She shifted through the books on the nightstand until she found the one she had been looking through. An encyclopedia of plants. She looked through the index until she found the one listed in Jade's note. Realizing that they may all be the name of plants, she looked up each one. She found them all but one. Jigger moved closer, curling up beside her. I wonder what this formula makes, she said, petting the purring cat. She looked through several of the other books but didn't find the last ingredient. She gave up, put the books back on the nightstand, turned out the light, and went to sleep. Nigel walked through the lab to his lead perfumer, who was testing his latest scent. Ah, Nigel, take a whiff, he said as he picked up a small sampler stick, sprayed the scent, and held it out to Nigel. Nigel took the stick and waved it under his nose. Wonderful, James. What do you call it? It's so new we haven't officially named it. But the working name is Stormy Nights. Not really a name for a scent, is it? No, we'll change it. But when I smell it, I'm reminded of a particular night in a hotel on the beach with a sliding glass door open and a storm raging outside. It was a great... Never mind. It's, it's just a working name. Nigel smiled. It's amazing the way scents evoke memories, isn't it? He went over to a table, pulled out a chair, and sat down. I need to talk to you about Ambrosia. James nodded and took a seat across from Nigel. What's up? The new owner of the company is proving difficult. 
She doesn't want to sell, and we've had no luck finding Jade's formula. Have you gotten any closer to discovering it? No. You know my position, Nigel. I don't believe that such an elixir or potion or whatever it is exists. But knowing that you do, I've put my best researcher on it. So far, nothing. It does exist, and I'll find it. Nigel said as he stood up. He started to walk toward the door when he turned. We will find it. James nodded, and Nigel left. James went back to his station, picked up the bottle of Stormy Night, waved it under his nose, and smiled. Sarah was sitting at the kitchen table having a cup of tea reading a novel when she heard the doorbell. She grabbed her phone and hit the front door app. She saw the back of Michael as he stood at the doorstep looking out at the garden. She tapped the phone and spoke. Michael, I'm kind of busy right now. I'll call you later. Michael turned at the sound of her voice. He looked around and then zeroed in on the doorbell. Hey, Sarah. Thought you might like to grab a pizza at the bar. Not tonight. Maybe tomorrow. Sure. I'll call you. Great. Good night. She watched him walk away. She grabbed her laptop and took it with her to the living room where she settled onto the couch. She waited for it to come out of sleep mode and then entered Michael's name into the search field. She found and read his Twitter feed, noting that he mostly tweeted about the restaurant and bar where he worked, what band was scheduled to play, photos of the musicians and some of the customers. There was one of a packed dance floor. Sarah thought of the last time she was on a packed dance floor. She was with Jade on their vacation, the night before she died. They had such a good time celebrating their birthday. But was it really Jade's birthday? Or the birthday of whoever's identity she stole or made up? She thought she knew Jade. They had been close. But now here was this thing, this facade that Jade had hidden behind. She wanted to know who Jade really was. Had she been hiding from an abusive husband or boyfriend or a stalker or the law? Jade was beautiful and successful and walked with a confidence that few have. So it didn't seem like she was hiding from anyone. It had to be something else. Was it related to the Philosopher's Stone? Sarah decided she would take the papers to an expert, a chemist who might be able to figure out what the formula was for. Sarah trudged up a hill to the next house in the street where Marilyn had lived. She had been knocking on doors all morning. No one remembered Marilyn. She had three more houses to try. An elderly man dressed in pajamas and a long robe answered the door. When Sarah asked him about Marilyn, he knitted his eyebrows, but then his eyes brightened. I remember her. She was a real looker. Worked with perfumes or something. She moved away a long time ago. Sarah was thrilled. Maybe this wasn't a wasted trip. The man, who she learned was named Henry, walked out on the porch and sat down in one of several chairs near the door. He motioned for her to sit. She grabbed a chair and positioned it across from him. How well did you know Marilyn? Not well. She didn't really socialize with the neighbors much. I remember she came to a couple of our barbecues, but my wife had to practically drag her there. Sheila, my wife, probably knew her better than anyone in the neighborhood. Is your wife here? She died. 
eight years ago. I'm so sorry. I'll be joining her soon. He touched his chest. My old ticker's not doing too good. He was silent for a moment and then went on. She moved away and we never saw her again. Do you know why she moved? No. One day I was walking our dog and saw the for sale sign. She was just gone. Chapter 12 The receptionist came into Sarah's office. Your ten o'clock appointment is here. The man that walked into her office was tall and thin. He walked with the aid of a cane that would normally indicate a much older man. But Lewis was only in his early forties. A handsome man that got struck with MS ten years ago. Mr. DeWitt, thank you for coming. I have a break between cases, so your timing is good. They both walked over to the sitting area and sat in opposite chairs at the round glass table. Would you like some coffee or tea? I'm good, thank you. You said you needed help on an aeronautics matter? Yes, I have a case of a pilot, a very experienced pilot, who was performing at an air show, lost control of her plane, and crashed. I was hired by the insurance company to rule out suicide, which I did. They're poised to pay out the life insurance benefits to her husband, but... Sarah stopped and looked at Lewis. You think it was suicide? No. But you don't think it was accidental? I know it's crazy, but I just have this gut feeling that it wasn't an accident. Did the investigators find anything wrong with the plane? No mechanical failure that they could find. So they put it down to pilot error? Yes. So why do you think otherwise? I don't have an answer for that. Is there any way you could go over the investigator reports and examine the wreckage? Has it been released? Yes. The lead investigator will meet you at the hangar where the recovered parts are being kept. I'll take a look. Lewis read the reports and did his own research on Maggie. It appeared that she was a hell of a pilot, experienced and not prone to panic. If something had gone wrong with the plane, she would have radioed it in, but there was no record of her calling for help, no mayday signal, nothing. The plane she was flying was high-tech, so high-tech, in fact, that most of the flying was done by a computer. But the computer should have detected a problem with the plane and alerted Maggie. The flight recorder was missing, which was odd. But it was a violent crash, and the debris field was large. Lewis loved a good puzzle, and this looked like a challenging one. Sarah found the name of an organic chemist in the firm's database and made an appointment. Dr. Laura Lorson worked at a nearby university. They met in her office at the lab. Dr. Lawson, who insisted Sarah call her Laura, took the paper from Sarah and studied it. Her brow furrowed and her cheek made little jerky movements. Sarah waited impatiently while Laura went to the bookcase and pulled down a rather large tome. She started thumbing through the slick pages. Sarah fidgeted in her seat. Did you find something? Laura looked up like she had forgotten Sarah was there. I'm not sure. This will take a little more research than I can do right now. Can you come back later? Sarah hesitated. 
There's a cafe in the student union that has very good lattes and pizza if you're hungry. Sarah was not hungry, but she would love a latte, so she agreed to leave the formula with the doctor on the promise she would not discuss it, reveal it, or do anything else with it while Sarah was gone. Laura readily agreed. The cafe was buzzing with activity. Students gathered at tables, laughing, talking, eating, drinking, and some studying. Sarah waited in line for a 16-ounce mocha latte with extra foam. She took a sip and it warmed her down to her core. It was exactly what she needed. She found a seat at a small table in the corner near the glass wall that looked out on the quad. There was activity everywhere. She remembered such scenes at the college she went to. It was a much smaller campus than this, but the energy level was about the same. She took out her phone and checked her email. There were several from Rick. She wondered what he wanted as each one said simply, Call me. She grabbed her latte and went outside and was grateful to find an unoccupied bench. She called Rick. Sarah, where have you been? I'm at the university. Why? John filed suit against Sanandu for failure to pay his benefits in a timely manner. Sarah sighed. I've been waiting to hear back from Lewis. Where's he at? I'll find out. Sarah, I hope your gut is right on this. Me too. Sarah called Lewis, but the call went straight to voicemail. She left him a message and then walked back to Laura's office. Laura was waiting for her. This formula is an elixir, an unusual combination of ingredients, but I believe it has a cosmetic use. What kind of cosmetic use? I would venture a guess that it's an anti-aging tonic. There are several of them on the market, but one of the ingredients in this one is quite rare. Do you know where Jade got it? No, but Jade grew a lot of her own stuff. If you'd like, I can print out a photo of the plant I'm talking about. That would be great. So do you have any idea why Jade would have hidden this formula? Most distillers and perfumers are very proprietary when it comes to their formulas. I'm sure Jade was no different. That is the end of Episode 7. Come back next week for Episode 8. If you're enjoying this story, please help me spread the word. Tell your family and friends about the podcast and be sure to let them know that they can listen for free. You can also subscribe for free, and by doing that, you'll automatically receive the latest episodes downloaded to your computer, phone, or tablet. Go to my website, ronywrites.com, for more information on how and where to subscribe. Also, please consider leaving a short review on iTunes. Goodbye for now, until the story goes on.